Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever the time is, wherever you're listening to this, and welcome to Debates Never Die, or DND, another phenomenal episode lined up for you listeners whether you're new whether you're 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 you're, you're a returning listener we value you and thank you for giving us your time i am your host sheiks um malcolm but i'm just gonna i'm gonna go with sheiks today it's my alter ego for the pain i am carrying i am joined today with um some of my some of my homies we have uh, two arsenal boys uh mvu and kanya guys say what's up mvu say what's up What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not the happiest to be here today. I'm. I'm going through a lot. You know, the the result has left its imprint, but we move. We move. <laughs> and it's that very result that that, that that as the reason why I have this bastard as the. It's your god of honor, Toby Animash. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yo, my I am, name is Anthony, though. So you're uh, going by for the for the <laughs> for the episode. <sighs> nah man so look um i'm hurting i mean look we you know we start the episodes off with weekend reviews but we all have one thing we need to talk about let me just start off now by giving this guy toby his daps because this man polluted my timeline for a week <laughs> talking about a 3-1 win for man united and you got it. You got it right. Congratulations, sir. Guys, we have to give it up for this guy. Let's 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 just give yeah, him dabs, yeah. Close, please. No, look, congratulations. I can't. I can't oh, deny. So no I can't deny no you more. Nah, I'm fuck you. Not, not, no, nah. he's still behind us. He's still behind us. I don't hear about any of that. I'm not Slowly. clapping for anyone. <laughs> Very early. <laughs> okay, now, but now look, it's the it's the beginning of um. Uh, like I said, we start off with weekend reviews. Um, so Toby, what was your biggest takeaway from Man United and Arsenal? Because that was, I, I guess, the, the meat and potatoes. Uh, biggest takeaway, I think for me, it was Anthony. I think we're going to see a different player. I think we're going to see a, a Mares region in the Premier uh. League. I think the <laughs> fact that he came onto the big stage, man landed what, 72 hours ago, I'm sure. Man came onto the old trap and pitch and scored. Mate, no one can do that. I'm telling you. He's got a bright future. His ceiling is too high. So that's my biggest takeaway. <clears throat> so in terms of the his actual performance, you're leaving feeling like gassed about yeah, the guy. Of course, bro. Of course. So ignoring, like, every, ignoring everything else, you're just happy that he scored pretty much. Did you not see what he did with his leg as well? Zinchenko's head didn't know where he was going, bro. When he went... <laughs> Zinchenko is not the best defensive back in the league. If you think that's the okay, but he's scored. That's, that's, that's the barometer. What does the score? He All right, gent- gentlemen, gentlemen, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is just this is just opening remarks. We'll go deeper into the the conversation. <laughs> Don't worry. So let's just let but people yeah. get their voice, their their, their thoughts out. Yeah. Um, Tanya, just give us a quick uh, take on the Arsenal United. Your biggest takeaway there, and I really want to hear your thoughts about your boys in red there in Italy. The red and black, the mighty red and black that's won that Milan derby. See, see Milan, Milan are so much easier to speak about than Arsenal. They, it feels <laughs> like a club that once make, wants to make me proud, honestly. Incre- in- incredible display from Rafael Liao. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I, I, I rate him quite highly, but it almost feels like he really, really steps up for the big games. When, when nobody else is really on it the way they need to be, he, he carried us. He carried, he carried us to that game. Incredible from him. Um, defensively suspect, but overall, I'm happy with that result. There's not really much to say. The Champions of Italy are 
Kane defending defending him quite well. The Arsenal game, uh, <laughs> it's 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 disappointing. It's disappointing. United United aren't better than Arsenal. I don't believe that. On okay, the day, so that... they were more clinical, and that's what I really have to say. I want to leave it at that. I'm trying to move past that result. Okay, so your biggest takeaway was not to say it was undeserved that United won, but it was there was a misalignment with regards to team quality versus that result. One hundred and ten percent. They they're not a better side than us. Okay, okay. And don't like, listeners, don't worry, we're gonna dive deeper. I just want to get some opening remarks from the weekend <laughs> from the guys. Um, Imvu, my guy, talk to me about these Arsenal niggas that just keep disappointing you. <laughs> <sighs> I don't even know what to say. Uh I, I genuinely I was I was so optimistic about the game. Men mm. saw in the group, like I one thing I wanted was just men not to be scared. That's all. Don't be scared. That, Don't yeah. be like you know what I mean. Like yeah. there's no reason to go and play like you've been losing three games out of five. Um, yeah, exactly. And I feel that that's how the, that's how the game started. Um, it got better, and then we're just not assertive enough. That, that's why. I don't know if, if the word is. I don't think it would be clinical. I just think when we're in the areas where we can make something happen. Men don't like making decisions. So mm. my biggest takeaway was probably just Odegaard. I think Sheikh you've 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 spoken about it before, but how the, the problems that you've have with him being captain. Um and I think I for the first time saw exactly what you meant in that game. Mm. Um, you know, not really taking over the game, making although he did create chances, but yeah, I think if he if he was different, the result would have been different. That's that's the that's a perfect yeah. way to put it. That's actually put perfectly because it wasn't that he played badly. And again, like the very first topic we're going to discuss, guys, is this game. A more deep dive uh, into like the the the, the, the nooks and crannies. But like, it wasn't that he was bad. I just want to say it was just like if you're the captain, bro, there needs to be that extra thing you do. But anyways, um, I'll I will open up with the the whole topic of conversation with my takeaway uh, when we discuss United and Arsenal now, but I just want to touch on that Merseyside derby um, with Liverpool and Everton. Oaks, listen, it's Liverpool are weird, man. Like, <laughs> that is that is a weird team. And I I don't know who it was in the group. Maybe it was a friend to the podcast, Lesiba, um, who said, the transfer policy at Liverpool has always been the best thing about the club during, you know, these golden years. Like the way they recruit has been so niche and specific to their team. But yesterday, so like Cap- with that being, who, who said that? Toby? No. Me. Who's me? Give Mvoo. a name. Mvoo. Oh, you say Cap. Why do you I mean... If if it was so great and thing, don't you think they would have been more successful in the past thirty years? No, no, no. I mean specifically to like from sixteen, seventeen when they bought when they bought Insala or fifteen, oh. sixteen, like starting then to now. Like okay. Liverpool's the, Liverpool's recruiting has been so good, but this past window, I yeah. think it's changed and it's been exposed because guys, Fabinho. I watched the highlights. You guys know I didn't watch the game live, but I caught the extended highlights. Fabinho playing alongside Harvey Elliott. Of- <laughs> lie. That was yeah. that was a lie. And Liverpool I, I, are I, fucking I think weird. It was, I think it was audacious, but I don't. 
I don't know if they had that many other options. Thiago yeah, still not present. Kate is not here either. But but the but, alternative but, was but, to go with Henderson and Milner again. But yeah. Kanye, that's but that's exactly my point because in the past Liverpool have had seasons where they've been ravaged by injuries in the midfield before. There was a time when it was like remember like I think it was nineteen twenty I think it was or twenty twenty one where they had everyone out but they still had people that could fit and fill the system right whether it was Ox or whether it was Milner but now they can't do that anymore because those assets have depleted and they haven't replaced them. Instead, they've like kind of done a very haphazard. Um, thing within the transfer window where they've brought in good players. No one can deny like Cavalio is a, is, is a great prospect, but like as it pertains to what they need from a supplemental point of view in this system, is he really the guy or should that have gone towards maybe a, a midfielder? You know what I'm saying? Like in the past they had enough depth for, okay, if we have four midfielders injured, we can fit a, find a way to make it work. Now it's like their depth has seriously squandered and they haven't fixed it. And like the fact that I'm so torn on Everton because guys, I know we have our take our feelings on Lampard, especially in Vu and Kanya. But that <laughs> game, don't you think that like they were genuinely competing? Vu, yeah. tell you first, I think you were you were more vocally against Lampard this weekend than I was. <laughs> well, my stance on Lampard just won't change off of that one performance that, that they had. I mean, look, bias aside, they did well. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can't deny. But I think that's more of that's more that's a result more of Liverpool just being so bad at the moment than it is Lampard's coaching abilities. Oh, can I, I just come in right there? That's what I was gonna. That was my next question. Sorry if I was if I wasn't specific. I was gonna say, do you think the good performance was Lampard's coaching, or was it Liverpool just being shit? So Mvu, you're saying you think it was Liverpool being funny? Well, more Liverpool being funny. Yes. Like, okay. You, you, you adjust to a game. You know, like it's not like he came and did nothing. But you know, I think if anyone played Liverpool right now, it's also almost free lunch. You know. Um, okay, so I, mean, I don't think <laughs> free lunch. I don't think <laughs> take that with a pinch of salt, of course. <laughs> no, nah, I get what you're saying. I get what yeah. you're saying. St- get what stand you're by saying. what you're saying. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> I just, I just don't think anyone is is super scared of Liverpool right now because of their injuries, because of how weird they've been. When everyone's fit, I don't think, I don't think anyone is not scared of them. But right now, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, Klopp yeah. made Lampard shine, guys. Do you know Lampard how hard lo- that is? Everton looked so fucking good. And I was going to like, again, I'm posing this question as well because I'm looking at their team just from the signings they've made. Like, Gay was phenomenal, bro. Gay came on and was running that midfield. I love Onana. I think Iwobi has been revitalized in the midfield. So, like, Kanya, now looking at you, do you think that Merseyside derby, was it more indicative of... Everton on the up or Liverpool continuing in this weird space they've kind of been in since the start of the season. Now, I'm I'm giving this I'm giving this Frank Lampard team. They play, they played really really well and they actually mm. have done in the past few games. Like I think they've been really unfortunate with the results so far, and they're I probably agree. more indicative of the fact that they don't have a striker really. <laughs> Mope yeah. came in and essentially contributed to an offside goal that I'm not entirely sure um, shouldn't have shouldn't have stood. Um, but like holistically, I think I think Lampard's Everton have looked really, really good. As you mentioned, Cheeks, the signings of Anana and Gay look to have given them a lot of like assurance in that midfield. If if you took yeah, yeah. Tom Davies out and had Dukure in there as well, 
I I don't know if Liverpool had enough on the day to have kept them out throughout. Like so, that, basically, that, that, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say so. Basically, niggas are back in the prem, eh? Palace, Everton, like we're, we're on the up. Hi, kids. Yeah. Hi, kids. This, this, Hi, this is a good time to be a, a bad player in the Premier League. Without a doubt. Especially if you, especially if you're playing for Vieira. Like, <laughs> shout, shout out, Patty, my guy. But sorry, Kanye, please continue. You were saying. Yeah. So. I, I, I wasn't even necessarily surprised that, that Everton did as well as they did against Liverpool. I, I mm. thought that I thought Liverpool might have had more more chances than they did, actually. Of but, course, that's a given. Like, you know, like they, 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 they did challenge Pippa quite a few times, but on, on the whole, I thought Everton could have very easily snatched it. I don't think anyone would have thought Liverpool were up there. I think I think Frank Lampard deserves a lot of credit for what he's done at Everton so far. Like I, last last season, they were you know they were fighting relegation. I don't think that that's a danger that they're going to be facing this season. I think they'll comfortably finish like around fifteenth or fifteenth higher. Okay, no, I can I can respect I can respect that take, dude. Because I need to remind you, you know me, I'm Mister Receipts. I need to remind you of the conversation we had when you were telling me you and that Abu were telling manager. me. Yes, yes. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I I hate Chelsea and all their affiliates. I think this is well documented and. <laughs> And, yeah, out, and outside of Chelsea, my perspective on Brad Lampard has shifted as well. And I'm happy mm. for him, honestly. I, like, I, I enjoyed watching Everton on Saturday. I'm, I am still yeah. yet to be shifted. Yes, I, I, will, I, I, will give, I will give it another month or so, but I'm still not convinced. Um, but shame, he's, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. He's doing all, okay. He, he's doing all that he can. No, I can they respect it. You you <laughs> you can you heard you heard it here first, people. D and D is an objective podcast. There is no agendas. With that <laughs> being said, let's go to this Man United Arsenal shit. And I want to start with my opening remarks. I tweeted a while back, um, and uh, we'll get our social media um, Twitter links to you to you guys if you want to engage with us. We post a lot of football content there as well. But I, I tweeted a while back when I was watching Chelsea play, I said, this season, Chelsea are going to be defined as the team that plays to the level of their opponent. They kind of need to be provoked in order to play well. Watching us against United yesterday, and I got the same feeling against Fulham and Aston Villa, Aston Villa I've realized Arsenal this season are clearly going to be the team that are wasteful and struggle to close out games. Because... The biggest issue for me with that Man United game is not to say United didn't deserve the win because when a team is that clinical, (laughs) they deserve the win. But when it was 1-1, we had these guys on the ropes and we actually could have finished them dead in the water. Old Trafford was silent. Toby stopped posting on the group. It was tense. And we didn't do it. So now I kind of piggybacking off of this, I want to go to Toby. This is the question I have to ask you, bro. Great win. No one can shit on that W. Your players showed up and did what they needed to do. But are you, not, are you not worried, even to the slightest bit, that the, the supposed ethos that Ten Hag was supposed to bring to United is not what's exactly winning that. you games? Yeah, this is, exa- this is yo, this exactly what's going on in my head. And even this morning, I was watching the Gabs and Jules ad. He kind of touched on this a little bit in the sense of Ten Hag, we came in, well, he came into the club. We expected possession-type football from what he was used to, I guess, at Ajax. Well, I think the whole world was used to it. Even the UCL, we saw the type of football Ajax were playing. But 
I guess just to be quick on this, in terms of what we have been seeing now is that we saw in the first two games at Brentford Brighton, we try to play expensive football, right? I think in an earlier podcast, I spoke about whether we have to make the choice of being more pragmatic or playing expensive football. We tried the yeah. few first approaches and it flopped. So now I think Ten Hag is in the position where I told you, it's either you look at the short term or long term, short term, short term, you can implement your thing, you lose all the games and then you're like, oh, at least I stuck to my ethos. But then mm. long term, I mean, short term, then you end up getting fired. But long term, you play this pragmatic approach and over the next few like games or months or whatever, you try and slowly build up. Because I think like within the last two games, we've been kind of seeing a little bit more link up play. I think even the first 10 minutes or 20 minutes of the game, it wasn't like looking that bad. But then there's this issue of where the last 45 minutes is just this, like, it's just, I it's don't bad. know. Yeah. Just, like, I don't know if it's a mental thing, but like, it's just, it even happened with Ole. Like it happened, like, I don't know what it is. It's just like automatically we just go back to this counter-attacking mindset where we just, okay. And you know what I think is, maybe it's because we're always maybe one nil up or it's like a nil nil. So we're just like relaxed or something like that. So other than that, I'm not too worried, but then, Again, I don't know where he's going to find the time to now switch and start to build up this term of like this build up this position based style of football when there's like the World Cup coming up and all these other stuff, Europa. So I don't know. But for now, that, no, that, that, that's what that, that's what I was going to ask you, bro, because yeah. it's like and, and maybe like Kanye and Mbou, you can also chip in and give your points of view here. Um how, like, okay, cool, he's being pragmatic. I don't think anyone in this podcast has issue with pragmatic yeah. football. Right, but Vu, how do you implement something in season when your pra- especially when your pragmatic football is winning you games? I think Chelsea have the same issue with Tuchel right now. I think, I think you can leave that approach if you have the players that you think you you need to to uh, to play the type of football that you want to play, and I think Ten Hag is. Maybe like oddly, uh, but I don't wanna. I'm trying to stay away from that comparison. Just seeing that this is the best that he can do with the squad that he has for right now. Um, I don't think. I think I don't know how you do it in season, but mm. I think I think we will see a different United within the next month and a half. Um reason why I say that is because for one I think he he's making difficult decisions and sticking to them. Maguire hasn't played yeah. well Maguire hasn't started a single game. Ronaldo's that's not benched. you know exactly. And that's not because um maybe they're not so much better than all of the players that are in the team, but he has a specific style of football that he wants to play right now. And no one's gonna get in the way of that. And I think if yeah. if he's doing that right in the beginning, I don't think and, he will not take time to implement his 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 full yeah. philosophy onto the team. And I think and it, to, that can sorry. come in. Yeah, no problem. I think that can only come in once everyone has gotten a feel for each other. So the defense okay. stays the same, the midfield stays the same, the attack stays the same. Then it just you just pull from there. Yeah, <clears> Toby. I was going to say, based uh, maybe you, um, Malcolm, you and Kanye can also interject here, but in terms of maybe how I see it is maybe he's trying to build, I guess, from the back in terms of like being solid and like having a more defensive structure that you can first put in place. Like I guess Mbou was talking about now, having that same starting four. Because I think, I know we were talking about this on the group the other day, but you can at least admit that we look a little bit more defensively sound, which is like without, yeah. I guess, like the Luke Shaw's, the Maguire's. I'm not going to lie. 
Malaysia, he was getting cooked. <laughs> Killed. And I just think that, Killed. like, you, oh, I don't know how he even went home that day because he got fried. But the thing is, like, <laughs> like you have to be honest. Like, Saka, I don't know. It's not, is it a one statement to say he's probably not one of the best, but, like, maybe top five, more like, attackers in terms of 1v1 situations. 1v1, 110%. It's probably top two, right? When it's the league yeah, he's, he's, yeah. It's like him and Diaz, you can say maybe they're competing because he's, they are very good. So, like, then I can't be very harsh. But then again, you look at how he dealt with Mo Salah and it was very good. But, like, so that's my take is that maybe he's trying to build up from the back a more defensive approach and then build from there. But we'll and, and Okay. Just, just to add, sorry, um, just look how different these guys look like when Maguire is not in the team. No one's panicking. Yeah. No one is panicking. He's, yeah, no, Maguire is. It just shows how much of a big bro, difference that he's guy donkey cameo. Making. This guy came on like, yeah, his legs were stitched together, bro. No, man. Oh, look, I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> go too deep into that. I want to. I want to. I want to quickly take this to Kanye yeah. because it's kind of yeah. piggybacking off of. I'd. I'd say a very fair and objective hesit- um, hesitation you've had with regard to Arteta in the past. And like I said, for me, the issue I saw with Arsenal was closing games, and that is more indicative of a lack of experience than anything else. Like I love Gabby Jesus. Jesus walks. Like shout out to my God. But when you're 1-0 down, why are you doing elasticos? When you, you know, I, I don't know if you saw when he tried to get past Varane. You know, he tried. So <laughs> yeah. I think now, yeah. I think now what you've seen is Arteta is clearly a competent technical coach. He's got a team playing football. But the intangible side of things, Kanya, what do you think needs to happen for Arteta to instill that winning mentality onto this, onto this team? And do you think he is the guy to do that? So I don't think that we were, as I said before, I don't think we were like technically outclassed. I think we, we, we set up for the game rather well. It's just, it's the, it's the game management, it's the game management aspect of it all, right? Like yeah. after we equalized, it really does bother me how quickly United responded. And, we, and again, mm. we're, we're chasing the game. And then after that, you find out that, uh, like, I don't want to say he panicked because in a way, in a way, when he started to make this, I was like, I got kind of excited. I don't lie. I thought, okay, cool. He doesn't just want to equalize. He wants to. He wants to go on to win. To this. win. I like that and, too. And, I won't and, lie. and and I and I like that. But the criticism that that has to be kept in mind is that I don't think we we were like struggling to like impose ourselves without yeah. those subs. And yeah. when you go back to the wall like that, that's kind of the thing you're doing in like the, the last ten minutes or even like the last five, where you really are thinking. Right now, we, there's a chance we don't come away with anything. I think I think Arteta's issues are it's about it's, it's a timing thing, and it feels so nitpicky because ultimately, like the, those subs, like basically the same ones he made, he made in that game are the same ones that won us the games against Villa and and, and Fulham. against Fulham. Yeah, mm. when, when you when you moved when you moved that three at the back. So I don't know. I, for the first time, I, I don't want to criticize him too much. I don't because he 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 gave us the blueprint to win that game. And unfortunately, a moment from Zinchenko where he, he comes in too close and leaves Anthony free and we end up chasing the game. That's those small things that have nothing to do with him as a coach or why we lost that game. So do you, so, do you to answer the question specifically, do you think he can get that cutthroat mentality that we saw in, say, Liverpool? You know, because I think that's the biggest takeaway from Klopp's era in Liverpool for me is those niggas would kill off games. Do you think Arteta can get Arsenal to that clip? I I I want to say I think I, I think he can. I really mm-hmm. do think he can. Like 
we, we came up against the boy in Manchester United. They were, they were so up for it after, after that goal, dude. Like, we were like, yeah. we like to, have Al, to have Al's ruled out. Like, truly, that game feel, like, felt like, 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 like momentum, really. The momentum yeah. swung no. away, and it was just very hard to come to try and wrestle it back from them. And even when we equalized, we didn't hold it for long enough. And yeah, so for now, I, I'd say I do back him. I back him to be able to instill it over time, and hopefully the team learns from it because this is a game where you've seen we've seen our, our team dominate against United at least but that L was territory wise. That L was so, definitely on Arteta. Okay, so I, I, that, I, that's, I, a, that's I, I would put that on it personally. I would. That's I would, it. I, 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 yeah, you're saying shit. So I was gonna say that's a great interjection, Toby, because I was about to say the reason why I know there's been a lot of people saying it's on Arteta, but for me. Kanye, the, you use the word buoyant, and I think that's the perfect way to describe what that fixture was from the perspective of Man United. Arteta, his game management was superb. I don't know if you guys noticed how in the first 15 minutes when Old Trafford was... The, I forgot how scary your stadium is, Toby. Old Trafford was <laughs> roaring, and Arsenal were fucking being attacked by United. Arteta dropped that defensive line deep, but he knew that... Typically, waves of uh, intensity last about 20 minutes. After the 20-minute yeah. mark, we pushed that line up. We were high-pressing. The in-game management was great. Now, it's kind of a very divisive topic with regard to those substitutions. Yeah. And um, do you, Mvu, do you think that the issue was the substitutions or that it was all three of them at once? I think all three at once. Um, and... Not because it's not ambitious enough. I just think going to a back three, it was just a bit too early. Like, um, because of the way, like you said, the way we're playing, we're not struggling so much. So I don't think changing to a back three was the smartest decision. But um, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I I do think players need to take some form of responsibility. Like you know, you're going to a back three, um, cover in the middle, and that was not there. Like. Mm. You know, so yeah. for me, I I put I put more blame on the players. This they 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 sold the manager out a little bit. Um, I don't think Arteta stepped like I don't think the decisions he made disadvantaged the team that much for us to go lose three one. Um, yeah, uh, that's perfectly know. put. That's fair. I agree. Um, players, it's just like I said, I don't I don't know if it's a thing of having so many young players, but. No, players just not stepping up uh, when they need to. So I think that's all it is. People, they, they need to, I don't know, maybe get their minds right. Or maybe, like you say, have a captain that can take over a game in that sense, you know. And mm. I'll even go to a player that I don't like that much. But Henderson, he might not have... Um, the techniques, the technical yeah, ability. And, and, and stellar performances. But I've seen videos of how involved in verbally everything you know making sure yeah. players in the right place all of that mm. he he commands the game in that way i think maybe that's one of the things that were were missing we're lacking yeah and and that what that's what led us to concede that third goal not because of just the substitutions but a part of it is that um but yeah just not enough responsibility like players are not responsibility i think yeah i think recognition in-game recognition is something henderson has ample amounts on of um sorry to just close this topic um i want to quickly go around and uh i'll pose the question now and if you guys could just give a quick answer relatively quick um so for me this game 
for, from the perspective of United reminded me of in Arteta's first season, the 3-0 win against Chelsea, where Arsenal beat Chelsea. We 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 didn't look very convincing. We were kind of unsure of the of like what was actually going on. I know as a fan base, we were also shocked because it was on the back end of you know a lot of successive defeats and draws. So the the feeling for me from a United perspective is similar to that. Also, like at the fan base not necessarily being sure of the manager. Um, but I'm I'm starting with Toby. So I'm sick and tired of United fans being humble when their team is shit than being loud motherfuckers when they're winning. So I want to know, T-Boy, verbatim, word for word, what is Man United's goals for this season? What is their biggest goal for this season that is attainable for you? Biggest goal of the season has to be, uh, from what I've seen now, I would be very, very sad at a top six finish. I'm looking at a top four finish. I would so be very you, sad if there was no top four finish. So, so because, top four is what you're yeah, saying. United because as Kanye has said in the past, we will, we should finish ahead of Chelsea. We should. Like, I just, I would be very, very shocked if we don't. But so, you're saying Chelsea are finishing sixth, isn't it? Though? So, so, <laughs> so, 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 Toby, you're finishing ahead of Arsenal or Spurs, is what you're saying. Or Liverpool. Uh, no, I He's think gonna it's going to twerk for Spurs. No, no, I'm still... Th- no, it'll be ahead of... So I'm saying it'll be like um, City, Spurs, Arsenal, United. Okay. Yeah. K- K- Kanya, United outlook this season? They should be aiming for fifth, fifth place and a strong Europa League judge. I think that the Europa <laughs> League is probably their best bet for Champions League football. I can't see them finishing top four because I don't know how they're going to do against smaller sides where they have to be dominant. Okay. I, yeah. I like that. Mbu? I think I agree with Kanya. Um, they, they, I, th- I think, I think United, I think United can can shit house the top four, but I expect them to be in the top six. That 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 that's actually the way I was gonna put it. I was gonna say if the other teams didn't look a bit more serious, I'd have United in the top four. But I don't see that. I, I see United's top four chances being a derivative of other teams doing nonsense. As opposed yeah, to them exactly. kind of ta- taking the taking it by the scruff of the neck, yeah. but Kanya, I'm I'm happy you brought the the Europa League up because I think United are winning that. I don't know why. I just have a very weird feeling that these guys, like, because you're seeing now big games. United's team is weird because it's like you have to motivate them to play football, but if they're <laughs> motivated, you're done. So it's yeah. I'm getting the feeling of big Europa League nights. I can see them going far because. Old Trafford will be in it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think United fifth yeah. or fourth. And again, we're going to be able to re- re- revise our top four from episode one. But fifth or fourth for me, uh, Liverpool being the, the ones I'm eyeing um, just from how they've started the season. But, um, okay, next up, uh, let's let's look at the UCL. The UCL draw was, was uh, a recent. Yeah. Um, the, it's starting tomorrow. And uh, we'll be tomorrow night. We'll be making a, a, another podcast episode for you guys to release just before the, the weekend games. Um, please, guys, let, let, I'm just going to point out the groups that I think are of interest. If there's anything else you guys want to discuss, please, you know, let let me know, and you can you can lead that conversation. But the one for me that I'm really unsure about is Group C. And that is Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Inter Milan, and the team that's going to the Europa League. 
Between those three guys, <laughs> <laughs> between those three, who's falling out? Let's Inter, start with him. Inter, Inter, Inter. Okay, we're starting with Toby. Inter, Inter Milan Inter. is done, you're saying? Inter are, like, I respect them very much, but I will see them in the Europa League. They'll be with Man United in the Europa League because Barca, Bayern, Bayern are winning the UCL, obviously. And then you have Barca who are turning up, like, I think even we were saying on the group, we were saying, like, this team is, they dusted Sevilla, bro. Like, it's bad, bro. They are a serious squad. Um, but yeah, those are my thing. Those are my um thoughts. I was gonna, I was gonna say, look, with with your with your your favorite child, Barcelona. Do you (laughs) worry? Do you worry at all about their like uh big game temperament? Uh, yes, but mainly because of their defense of our defense. Um. I'm honestly still not convinced. Of, like Eric Garcia is is, is our starting guy, eh? like <laughs> he's a liar. because of how good he is on the on the ball, and I don't think yeah. he's that great. But he is one of the better ball playing centre backs, and I don't think Xavi drops him for. I'd rather play Christensen, n- not not because he's like so so much better, but I think he's more defensively sound in a bigger game. He will get us over the line versus Eric Garcia, who he just makes very poor decisions in the at the back. So, I'm all for this excitement. I really am. Like, obviously, I'll, I'll back my team. But yeah. I think what people neglect, because they just see all these attackers, is that this team is not so great defensively. Like, Ter Stegen mm. is, is, is back to saving us a lot. And mm. it's good that he's picked up form again. Like, he's, he's back to the, the Ter Stegen of old. But yeah, really, he's dark for a while. Really, our defense is very worrying. Until Xavi can maybe get rid of... Because yeah, because I'm 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 fine with Arujo. I'm 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 okay with Kunde. You know, uh, I just mm. think this thing of Eric Garcia playing, it's gonna catch us out because of how good so, he is on the ball. So that's my only you, one. Do you think it will? It, it's it's worrying enough for them to not make it out of this this group? No, no. Okay, uh, so if for, we, if for we you, don't make it out of the group, I'll be very 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 surprised. So uh, for you, it's for you, it's Inter Milan. Yeah. I think so too. Um, but look, I'm not saying it's going to be so easy. But I'd, 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 I'd be, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Okay, okay. And uh, Kanya. Yeah, I hate to say it. As much as I'd, I'd like to see in full <laughs> of a shock, I think they are probably the weakest of the of the heavy hitters in this group. Um, they're also playing with Cup tomorrow, and I don't know exactly how well they'll adapt to that against Bayern. Like when you know how when you know how tight the group is going to be. When you enter these kinds of games at home, when you need to get a win, and you don't have probably your most clinical striker, I, I think I think Inter just going to come up a little bit short. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Uh, now the, the next group that uh, oh my my opinion, yeah, I think it's going to be. I don't know. For me, I know like Barcelona and Bayern are the the standout names, and I say this take this with a pinch of salt, but I think. All, all three of these teams have fraudulent behavior because Toby, you're pointing out by um, and who rightly so, you're pointing out Barcelona's suspect of defending, but Bayern Munich, Oaks, Upamecano, what's what's happening? Is that, that Oak is, he's, he's weird. He's, he's not that good. He's not that. <laughs> yeah, good. he he's, he's unfortunately as close to um, Eric Garcia that we'll, we will see in any other defender. He's really good in the ball, but defensively, there's not much there. And that's why, that's why, like, I saw I saw the extended highlights against Union Berlin this weekend, and he's weak, bro, like, so that's what I'm saying, like, guys, I I think, I think 
it, I think we're going to get a shock here. I think Inter's going through and that second spot is between Bayern and Barca. My my hot take is we, we Barcelona, finish top of the group. I don't know. Oh, I, that's it, that'll just be that'll be just dependent on the game against Bayern at the Allianz. Actually, but, yeah, I'm co-signing that. But I'm saying Barca first, Inter second, Bayern are joining huh? us in Europa. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> no boys. Fire I'm like telling you. Happens. <laughs> but I, I have a question oh. for Mbou. Mbou. What happened to Kessie? Kessie, by the way, what's happening with him? Um, I just don't think he was signed to be a starter. Um, oh really? Damn. Well, I mean, who who, who do you think he'll come in for, Toby? Yeah, because like De Jong is struggling to 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 start for Gavi, and I, I don't think that's right. But if if that's happening, where was Casey gonna start? Um, no, he's not benching. I, I don't know. I think that talent on the bench is just very interesting to see. Should have came in United, but that's a story for another day. But <laughs> yeah, I okay. and as you know, as good as Casey is, I just really don't know how much of a fit he is at Barca. He's the yeah. probably what the most different midfielder, but I, yeah. I don't know how successful he'll be because yeah. I don't think we're gonna adjust to 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 play to his strengths. Yeah, and if that's yeah. not gonna happen, then what's the point of having him? Nah, yeah, is. that's a good point because you're kind of seeing a convergence back to the the La Messia Barcelona of old, like the, the you know when when uh, <clears throat> Coleman was there, you kind of saw a bit of a, a branch out to prioritizing slightly different players. Um, obviously, uh, De Jong um, <laughs> was one. But it's, now... It reminds me slightly of, 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 of the time we signed Alex Song. Yes. No. Yeah, that's a good... That's oh, a fucking no. great comparison. <laughs> that's that a great is... comparison. Yeah. Uh, okay, quickly. Um, group D. And I want Kanye's opinion on this because he's he's watched all these guys, all these teams play somehow this guy's time for everyone. But... Um, <laughs> It's Frankfurt, Tottenham, Sporting, Marseille. Before I get your take, I just want to start this off by saying, guys, I've never looked at a group and not seen a clear winner like this yeah. in my life. Yeah, it's a very I, good I, group. I, I, I have the clear winner for you, sir. Marseille. Who is it? He's gonna Mario Götze enjoys. Oh, He's nice. back. Ah. He's back, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Yeah. I, 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 I can't honestly... believe this. No, this this for me that's this is the most exciting part of, of the group stages. He's he's played so well in his first few games. They beat Leipzig 4 0 this weekend, by the way. Um, yeah. Oh damn. And and I I I don't know. I, I feel like this is this is these are the dark horses for the Champions League this season. I don't I don't know how well they're gonna sustain it. The squad isn't particularly deep, but for right now I think that they're probably the like the team coming into this group the strongest form wise. Ah. Uh, and yeah. and um Toby, because Conte is your uncle, um, <laughs> are you are you are you at all worried about his fraudulent behavior in the Champions League? Because last time he was at the Champions League group stage exit, correct? Correct. Correct. So, to- to- Toby, are you worried, and does that make you walk back any confidence you have in him as a as a manager? Um, worried. I'm not really worried because obviously I hate. No, I don't hate Spurs. I I I really like Conte. I think he's a very good coach. I don't know if. Well, I guess this is a question I can ask back: Is do Spurs really have the depth to not to have a good run in this and the Premier League? That's the question. Mm. So My answer is no. But no yeah, I see. So I mm. think that's the issue. So I don't want to say he has to choose, but he is going to have to choose at some point. And whether that's maybe just going for a Carabao Cup or something, but I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I can see them maybe. I can see them going through. But I don't know how much of an impact that will have for the Prem and other things that they want to do. So it's going to be a big 
uh, decision for Conte, whether he's going to want to do something in the Champions League or he wants to focus on the Prem. My hot, my hot take, piggybacking off of that, my hot take is um, Frank Fritz and Marseille are through. Spurs is joining us in Europa League. Mvu, what are you, what are you seeing? Say again. Fra- Frank Fritz and Marseille are through and Spurs is joining us in the Europa League. Oh yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, Conte, yeah. Toby, Toby is saying this like Conte has a choice. We've seen him. We've seen him. <laughs> in, this is just his DNA. Um, oh, wow. They make it through. I'm surprised because of it, because Conte is their coach. And this is not like a reflection of of how bad his coaching is or anything like that. He's a great manager, but I just don't mm-hmm. know why he can't transform his form in the leagues into Europe. So that's the only reason I think they want to make it through. Um, but I think I think he'd care. I think he cares more about the league than Champions League, really. So I, I was gonna say so much, so much effort in the Champions League. Yeah, I was, I was, I was gonna say the same. There's always been a bit of a a gravitation towards his league form. Kanya, would you would you agree with that? Well, I I don't think that it's an intentional thing that he only focuses in the league. I think Kanye's just fairly rigid. Like, he sticks to this formation so ardently that, like, you know, at a certain point, it, d- it does get exposed in Europe. But I, I, think they'll, I think they'll make it through. I don't know if they'll, finish th- if they'll finish on top, but I think they'll go through purely because quality will tell. Yeah. Like, players like Kane, you know, this is, like, this is the competition that he's desperate to play in, right? Like, he, this is why he, went to, he wanted to leave last season. He, he, he needs to be playing in this competition. I don't know how Conte could justify... Like coming to Spurs, finishing top four, and then not trying to make sure that they make it through at all costs. So I but think I, it'll be. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say to just jump on that thing of they definitely have the best team, but there is a real. Uh, there's something. There's some murmurs ari- arising in the Spurs camp with the fans <laughs> that are saying Son should get dropped and it should be Richarlison and Kulusevski. Kul- Kul- supporting Kane because Son is not performing well. And I think in the Champions League, in this group, and also kind of looking at how Spurs are running as a club, you need your big hitters to be big hitters. So do you think that Son as currently, do you see Son ascending to the levels we know him to be? And how important is that ascension for them getting through this group? I mean, I think that's why they bought Richardson, right? Like, they, they needed another option on that side, someone who can potentially also play through the center in a game where Kane's not playing. I, I don't think that Son is going to be the be-all and end-all. I'd like, to, I'd like to think that his, his downturn in form is more a blip, maybe just a lot of fatigue than anything else, anything severe. So, for me, for me like the, the Son thing, it's, it's been blown out of proportion. He was top scorer last season. He, he barely ever misses a game. Him having a downturn in form shouldn't be thought, thought of too much. I think he needs a game or two out the side just to try and recuperate. But I don't think that Spurs are going to be massively worse off if he isn't at his best, considering that they signed Charleston. It's 50 million signing. That is as close to a marquee signing as you get when you play for Spurs. Or when you're a Spurs yeah, fan, rather. That, that's, a, that's a good point. They do have a lot of resources. Look, guys, uh, you guys can kill me, but my take is Europa League... We're going to see Arsenal, United, Spurs, and Bayern Munich. That's what I'm telling you guys right oh, oh, now. Okay, I, I think I did not Spurs a bit. Like, they are actually so much... Like, the squad is a lot better than the, the other teams that are in the group, so... That is true. So, Conte, Conte might might get away with this one. 
he might just get over with this one. They would make it much further than the round of 16, though. I don't think yeah. there's, there's and, much else. And I just want to emphasize, this is, this is not... This is just because of how he's performed in Europe before. Not nothing to do with his coaching abilities and the Spurs side. Um, I just, I, I just don't know why he, he just can't perform in Europe. I yeah, historical precedent. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think it's what Kanye said. I think it's really just a thing of, you know, Conte is what I consider to be a reactionary coach, like, or or a counter, a counteraction coach. So Conte is kind of like Jose Mourinho, but on steroids in the sense that he's a counterpuncher, right? So he waits for you to attack and then he jabs you. Now, or not necessarily attack, he kind of waits to see how you're structuring your team and then he will counteract that. In the Champions League, it's coaches start tend to do one, one-off planning. To- coaches tend to throw curveballs, you know, so it's like not as straightforward as the Prem where Brighton play tips for all intents and purposes, Brighton will play one way the whole season. Arsenal will play one way. City will play one way. Pep Guardiola was in a Champions League final. What did he say? He said, no CDM. We're going six attackers. It backfired. But do you see what I'm saying? So I think with Conte, as a, as a counter-puncher coach, it kind of does fuck him over a bit because you're kind of waiting for a team to fall into habits that they perpetually do. But they just don't do it. You know, like R- R- Rafa Benitez being one of the best at all time at that. Um, Kanya, I want to ask you quickly, sporting, anything, any whispers from that camp in, in regard to performance, how they're doing in Liga Nos? Do you have any word? I, I'm, I'm nervous for them. I can't lie to you. They aren't looking that great domestically. They're seventh right now. Um, yeah. um, when Ronaldo has been linked with the move there, their coach <laughs> supposedly made a statement saying he, he, he wouldn't take him. Um, and Damn. like the articles that came out as a result to it, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. He'd, he'd love Ronaldo right now. Because I think he made that, that statement just before they were beaten 3 0 by Porto. Yeah, so, oh! Yeah. Some other, what's that Chavez team, bro? They got smoked. Yeah, I think they lost 2 they 0 lost, um, they lost to Chavez they're, they're the week really, after yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, they, they look a lot weaker. They've lost Sarabia. Yeah, he's gone back to PSG. He was on loan. Um, and oh, he was okay. a top scorer last season. So. I don't know. They're they're they're, uh, they're really an un- unknown quantity for me right now. They signed Marcus mm-hmm. Edwards, um, an English player. He actually played for Spurs as well. I know. I mean, he played for Derby, yeah. Yeah, Derby and Derby and Spurs. Um, got Trincao on loan. Like, look, they're they're a decent Portuguese side. I just I I struggle to see them really making any waves in this group. I, they for me they 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 are the weaker side. Yeah, is that they've got replace, too much to try and deal with. Who did they replace Paulinho with? Uh, I'm not even entirely sure. Um, they didn't replace. Yeah. Him. No, they they did replace. Like they signed. I think they signed a, a Greek a Greek player. Uh, oh, a, a, right, Alex yeah. Andropoulos is oh, the okay. only DM I know that they signed. Mm, so I think. Yeah. I think they. I think they should look at a at a Portuguese attacking midfielder that's in Manchester that's doing nonsense. They should look to get <laughs> that guy on loan. But uh, <laughs> but 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 Sporting also like in the last game seem to have been they've played with the. Uh, with the with two holding players, so I, I, I think they'll be okay. They have lost um, both of them though, bro. Even that Nunes guy, they lost him. But they've switched to a back five. I don't know. I think I've seen them play with the back five in two games. Uh, but again, this has been highlights. So let me not let me not speak too much into it. <laughs> but 
Yeah. No, no, fair. I, I just wanted to get an insight on those guys to kind of get a, a decent outlook on the group. So those are the two groups I had highlighted. I feel like the rest of them are pretty straightforward. And uh, that, that brings us to the closing topic. Um, I had there are two really that we can discuss just because of time. We can't do them both. Would you guys prefer to have a look at um, the three best and worst transfer windows? Or would you prefer to have a quick... Uh, introduction to a, a segment called Versus that we have come up with on the group. I I, I think we should probably take a look at. I think I think we can do both. The top three, the top three windows, top worst window, top three worst windows are quite easy. I, I'll I'll just kick off with mine. My top three worst, well, the very worst for me is Leicester. I think for obvious yeah. reasons, like they've struggled to to bring players in. They've clearly got financial issues at the club right now, um, and right now it looked like. They could be relegation candidates with the way they've started, despite <laughs> the squad itself being quite strong. Um, we've had this argument in the group already. Um, my top, my top three windows would be, um, well, the top three for me is PSG, Barca, and City. Um, in order, I'd, I'd want to give it to City, but I, I hear the argument for why someone else might say Barca. Um, and then obviously, I'd round off with PSG because they finally decided that they need a midfield. Um, after years of neglecting that area. And I, I look at that squad now and I think that they're suited to, to win the Champions League now for the first time. Yeah. Okay. And Vu, uh, anything to, to comment on that, Toby? Uh, let's go on Vu first. My, my worst is Bournemouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, hear, I, hear, I hear the Leicester chats, uh, but that's probably just more because of who they are. But yeah, Bournemouth... Bournemouth have done nothing, bro. Um, yeah, their signings are not going to get them anywhere. Um, and they lost 9-0. So, but yeah, uh, Bournemouth, probably the worst. I think the best for me, I think my top three is the same as Kanye's. It would be PSG, Barca, and City. Um, City, City, I think more because um, yeah, Haaland is a big signing, man. Um, I'm still upset that they let Sterling go, but uh, signing Holland was mega. Um, and I think, unlike the other teams, he okay, maybe not, maybe not say that, but he elevates City to to to, to a dangerous level. PSG, um, I'm just not convinced on their their striker. But if the front three, if the front, I haven't seen too much of him. But if the front three stays fit and everything, then. Um, they're looking very, very, very good. Um, and then Barca, we have so many attackers; it's it's insane. I just wish we were not signing stupid defenders. Like, I don't know why we signed Marcos Alonso. I don't know why Eric Garcia is still a Barcelona player. Um, I just worry for our defense. But our, our forward signings have been good. I can't really complain about any of them there. Um, I was skeptical about Rafinha. I'm okay now. Um. Yeah, that's my top three. Oh, Toby. Yeah. yeah um. My top three are probably gonna have to say in terms of probably Barcelona, PSG, and then probably Nottingham Forest. I think when you come into the Premier League, spending that much money, buying about what twenty? How many players? Twenty one players. I think one players. Cooper. 
20, oh, Cooper, what a fool, man. He lost to Burn. I don't want to talk about that anyway, but 21 <laughs> players that they've signed. Uh, but like, so, and, and there's some good players there, especially Dennis. I've been, I've loved that guy since his days I watched him. Very good. So, Emmanuel Dennis, very good player. So, I think those guys have done really well. And then, in terms of bottom three, it's going to have to be Bournemouth. I was going to say Everton, but I guess they pulled some people out towards the end, but they're still going to be in my bottom three. And then, it's a bit of a rogue one, but I want to say Liverpool. This is just for me because... Yep, 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 yep. I want to say Liverpool, but then again, there is that side of that Liverpool are very smart in the way they recruit players. They do not want to just bring in any random oak. They wanted to get Chouamani, they couldn't get him. They wanted to get Fabian Ruiz, they couldn't get him. So they said, okay, we're not just going to go by any random oak because these are the type of players that we need. So I think next year, I mean, next uh, transfer window, whenever Bellingham's um, contract runs out, that's when they're going to cop him. So then we can say, okay, you see, so they were, they had an idea, which is why I want United to be, but that's a whole different episode. But yeah, so those are my bottom three and top three. I, I would I would say, just in, in closing, before we go to closing remarks, I would say my top three are, uh, actually I have a top four. I'm having um, Barcelona as the out and out best. I think any team that can revitalize themselves from the ashes, the ashes of despair, obviously, relatively speaking, for Barcelona standards, to being a La Liga, you know, favourites, along with Madrid and a Champions League favourite, along with a few other clubs, you're going to be top of my list every single day of the week. Um, I would then go Arsenal, because I think when you talk about personnel that fit a system, I don't think any other club had a better signing than, a signing than us. Um, just primarily in Zinchenko and uh, Jesus in terms of what Arteta wanted to do. It was phenomenal. I then go City for obvious reasons. But uh, one that I think is underrated and has kind of flown under the radar is uh, Galatasaray. Those guys had like a really fucking good uh, window. And um, I, they're sitting eighth, you know, in in the Super League. Nothing crazy right now maybe that's to do with i've been able to catch their games as much but maybe that's to do with meshing or whatever but at least on paper i don't know if you guys saw some of the the the, the signings they were able to get down and the price that they were able to get them done for it was phenomenal you know you had i know lucas Torreira uh went that way Dries mertens went that way oh. there were a few at oh. sorry I'm saying, yeah, yeah, Dries yeah, yeah, Mertens went went that way. There was the the gentleman from the Oliviera, also from that guy from Porto. Oliviera from Porto, he's there. Oh, yeah. uh, um, Dubois from Lyon, he went there, and all of these signings are less than like fifteen million <laughs> in total. So it's like I really think that's a great window in terms of worst windows. Toby, I agree with Liverpool. I think Liverpool were weird. Kanya, I agree with Leicester. Um, yeah, man. Would it be a day for me to say Chelsea? Or, or are we too, uh, too early uh, to have the I was... No, can I tell you? My, and this was going to be slightly controversial. <laughs> my third one was going to be between... Uh, obviously, this week... The, the reason why... Okay, it was Chelsea and United. But this weekend, I saw Anthony, even though I wasn't all the way convinced, would say the performance, the tenacity and the hunger is there. So, I may be wrong there. But Chelsea... The, the reason I had them both there was because I felt their signings were a bit inconsistent with what the, the teams are supposedly trying to do, you know? So that's why I had them there. But I can hold United as, as not being there because clearly Anthony is serious. Ericsson, although I don't know how long he will last, is phenomenal. Um, 
And Casemiro, I think he's going to be Casemiro. But Chelsea, Kanya, I, why, why do you say? Because I agree with that. Because for me, they're not any stronger, or at least not massively stronger than they were at the start of the window. And Facts. all they've really done is massive, is replace, and expen- expensively, I might add, all the players they lost in a free. And they don't have mm. a country replacement. And his injuries were, for me, the, the, down, the downturn in their season, more so than the loss of their fullbacks. And they, that, that, that issue still hasn't been addressed. Their midfield is still extremely weak. It's not the most creative. And holistically, I just think there's, there's not much to fear in the Chelsea side. Even this weekend, they were extremely lucky to hold on to the win against West Ham. If not for, if not for Dodgy officiating, I think that's two points dropped. They were done. Yeah, and that's, that's with their 70 million centre-back signings. Which, why does a team need 100 million on two different centre-backs and another 60 on a left-back? When you have H- another fifty million left back on the bench in Chilwell, who scores the bro, equalizer, bro, that, and I was gonna say is is a mismatch for me. So, and I, I was gonna say Toby put Mendy on forward watch, and my guys keeps disappointing me. <laughs> but um, I I agree for the same reasons in terms of just value for transfer, but also when I just look at the age, the ages of the players brought in. There just isn't a clear direction. And I'm not saying someone has to all the way commit to like youth or anything, but you have Kulubali, who's 31, Obama Young, 33, um, um, Sterling, 28. That's that's okay, I guess. Fofana is a great pickup, but at that price, you have to always question. Uh, Kukurea, another good pickup. I really like him, but for that price, you have to question. It's like a combination of value for money and age makes me look at Chelsea and say, mm, I'm, I'm not sure what the plan is here and no I, I they 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 round off my my bottom three so thank you for that uh for that point for i guess rushing that along kanya because yeah i'm feeling a bit weird about about chelsea as a club but um yeah no gentlemen i think uh we can definitely close up now um as always closing remarks do do what do you guys have to say in regard to the champ- Champions League coming up, the, the the fixtures this coming weekend, or just overall outlook for the season? Let's get started with T Boy the Prophet. Yes. Um, in terms of closing remarks, all I can probably say is Haaland is inevitable. And then <laughs> in terms of UCL, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great UCL. Um, in terms of who I think will probably end up winning it, like I said earlier in the podcast, it's either Bayern Munich or PSG. But yeah, it's been a good um, few weeks. I would say the Premier League, maybe for me, is at the all-time high in terms of quality at the moment. So yeah. Mm, good point. Of course, that's, that's often a United win. It must, <laughs> it must, be, it must be some crazy coincidence that that's how you feel. <laughs> My closing remarks um, I think this next week of football is going to be much more enjoyable than this past weekend I'm looking forward to seeing PSG absolutely batty Juventus that is the game I'm most excited to watch um, I'm also I'm also looking forward to seeing City versus Spurs there's you know there's, there's lots of, there's lots of games I think will bring me bring me a lot of joy you know I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic I, I like what September looks like I think to the football um yeah. That I, I that that's the that's it. I mean PSG Juventus game I completely forgot about. That'll be very interesting to see how Allegri can just make a shit team a good team look shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think my takeaway is uh, my takeaway is Man United, you fans that have been blowing up my fucking line. <laughs> 
you guys did well. Your great game, but the truth will come out. <laughs> I like <laughs> the truth is coming out. I liken this season for Man United to Arteta's takeover season. Like I said, when we picked up momentum, we didn't lose for a few months, but the truth came out at the end. I'm calling a capitulation of some sort at Man United Football Club. You can come back to this in the future. Maybe I'm wrong, but if I'm right, I'm going to call out names. Shungu Dutiro, I'm coming for you. I don't know if you're listening to this. Up enough, I'm coming for you. You bastards. I'm co- if there is a capitulation, I'm there. In terms of a, a more, I guess, short-term point of view, I'm definitely saying this weekend, game to watch, Arsenal, Everton, I think it's going to be very exciting. And Crystal Palace, Man United, I think those two games are, are fucking exciting. Um, I would hate it if Zaha scored, man. I could just see him smiling. Ah, those you know those, those veneers. You know the veneers are coming. Um, yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah, 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 Tobino. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Toby, he's going to be beefing everyone, bro. You know how angry he Oh, I can just see it, man. I wish I could be there to slap his head, but we move. Him and him and Grealish, like they're they're, they're very similar guys. Speaking of Grealish, we're gonna have a conversation about him very very soon. Um, but thanks for listening, guys. This is another episode of Debates Never Die. I've been your host Malcolm Ashikwa, joined by my friends uh, Toby, Kanya, and Mvu. We actually lost touch with Mvu. I think he got disconnected. So I'll just say his closing remarks for him. Um, um, Meske un club. Um, what else? What else? Mesco and Club. That's Barcelona. <laughs> Shout out. Anyways, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. See you. Deuces.